For the last 10 years, Cole Richards has been meeting with believers around the world who are undergoing intense persecution for their faith. And the one thing that stands out to him above everything else about these believers is their simple obedience. Christ said, share the gospel, and they do that, period. They, they don't wait until they have the right program or they don't wait until they have the right training. They just simply do it. And it's amazing what God does with that. A lot of these people don't know half as much knowledge about the scripture as any American evangelical. So based on limited information about the faith, but based on tremendous personal commitment and devotion to Christ and to what he said, they just do it. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. As we kick off 2016, we are looking ahead today with Cole Richards. He's the executive vice president of The Voice of the Martyrs. He has overseen our international work. Uh, he's also the executive editor of a book project that we have coming out in a couple of months. Uh, this is going to be a great time of looking back at what God has done in 2015, uh, but also looking ahead to some of the exciting things coming down the road in 2016. Cole Richards, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. It's a privilege. I should say, I guess, welcome back, back. to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, <laughs> because you have been with us before. I, I want to talk first, as we start out, kind of look back, and then we'll look forward. As we think about 2015, uh, which part of VOM's work are you most excited about or most proud as you look back and say, wow, God really was amazing in allowing us to do that last year? I'm really pleased with what we've been able to do at the Lord's direction and with his empowerment for ISIS refugees. It really was a surprise in a good way that we were able to do as much as we were for ISIS victims, and we were pleasantly surprised and very pleased with the response of the American Christians. Um, our giving has been strong, but also people are praying, mm -hmm. and people are genuinely concerned, and we're very thankful to hear that. Of course, hundreds of thousands of our brothers and sisters in Iraq and Syria have fled at the hands of ISIS. And as that was happening, and this was happening to people we've been in longstanding relationship with, the, the church there were close associates of theirs for years and years. So, of course, our heart broke for them, and we wanted to do everything we could to respond, but... There was a big question, how much will we be able to respond? How many open doors will we have? What will our capability look like? As we look back over the last 12 months, God's allowed us to provide more than $5 million worth of aid, food, clothing, shelter, emergency aid, and Bibles to victims of ISIS in Iraq, Syria, and the neighboring countries, Lebanon, Turkey, and Jordan. So praise God for that. That is an amazing number, and I think I want to hone in on the issue of Bibles because uh, many of these Christians, A, they had, some of them had never had a Bible before, and B, when they left, 
their village, say the city of Mosul, when they left Mosul, they left with what they could carry. Yeah. Uh, and often they were stopped at checkpoints and the ISIS fighters stole even what they could carry. Uh, so they literally walked out of town with the clothes on their back and nothing else. Uh, so when you talk about a roof over their head or an outfit of clothing or a Bible, that really was a lifeline to them. It, it was life-saving. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And the Bible is a critical part of that. I've been in the region several times. Uh, most recently was just about a month ago, working with Iraqi and Syrian refugees. And I've been honored to be a part of the distribution of some of the aid to our brothers and sisters there. And they are thankful for that Bible even more than the food, even more than the clothing. And that's really stuck out to me every time it's happened. It's very powerful. ISIS is absolutely opposed to the presence of the Bible in their area. So they've gathered up tens of thousands of Bibles. They've burned them. They've destroyed them, along with everything else that they've devastated. And I'm happy to report that the Voice of the Martyrs, just our work alone, and there are other people working too, but we've put more Bibles into northern Iraq uh, and Syria than we believe ISIS has destroyed. So we're re not just replacing the Bibles ISIS has destroyed, but we're going beyond that for the glory of God. So on the order of 80,000 Bibles in the last 12 months, two victims of ISIS, and uh, these are our Christian brothers and sisters who are so thankful to have that copy of God's Word again. And that 80,000 is is really just a small portion of the total number of Bibles uh, that Voice of the Martyrs has distributed the last 12 months. So it's, it's one small part of that process. Let's look ahead to this year, and I know there's some really exciting, in some ways awe-inspiring things that are coming down the path. I want to start on the international side. Uh, are there some things internationally that Voice of the Martyrs is going to do in 2016 that maybe we've never done before, uh, maybe some things our listeners can get involved directly to help mm. us do in this coming year. Yeah, there's a, a whole campaign that we have had going, which is addressing ISIS response in particular, but then addressing the needs of our brothers and sisters who face Islamic extremists across the globe. And a new facet of that campaign starting in March will be a family med pack. And this is a kit that our uh, readers and donors can fill full of health and hygiene items that are really basic necessities for any displaced family. Um, and this is a hands-on thing that people can take part in is to fill these packs, send them back to us. We ship them to the field. We're able to still get them into northern Nigeria. We're still able to get them into Iraq, into Syria, into the places where ISIS refugees are. And that's part of an overall campaign we have called IMN. And this campaign is a way for American Christians to really understand what their Christian brothers and sisters are facing, both their sorrows and difficulties and their victories for Christ. And, and I want to hit the med pack a little bit more because I, I know our Voice of the Martyrs readers, our Voice of the Martyrs listeners, they love to do stuff mm, yes. for our persecuted family. They love to, to do something hands-on that really is a blessing. So talk a little bit more about the med pack and, and what that's going to look like, what we're expecting our listeners to do, and how this is going to help in the field. We've had a program called Action Packs for many years. And the Action Packs allow American Christians to fill a pack full of 
clothing and other necessities like blankets and towels uh, for displaced Christians and Christians who have suffered greatly. These family med packs are a, a similar strategy except with health and medical items, things like bandages and uh, other things that are absolute necessities for people who have been displaced especially. And so we're excited to be able to do something like this where American Christians can take a hands-on approach to helping their brothers and sisters. They can fill a kit and send it back to us, which we get into the field, or they can sponsor a kit, which we'll build in the field and distribute to uh, displaced people. So think of our brothers and sisters. They've lost everything at the hands of ISIS or Boko Haram or other Islamic radicals, and they find themselves with literally nothing. They need food, clothing, shelter. They need these medical items. Think of small children and the need for things like uh, infant formula for diapers. Think of people with varying medical needs, um, the elderly. There are so many things that are needed in those situations desperately, and God continues to allow us to have the ability to help and to even have the ability to allow American Christians to take a hands-on approach uh, to get involved and help themselves. So I want our listeners, you can connect with us at vomradio.net. We'll provide you with links where you can find more information about the Family Med Pack. That will launch in March, uh, so you can be looking forward to that. We're talking today with Cole Richards. He's the Executive Vice President here at The Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, And we're talking a little bit about what's happened in the last year and what we look forward to in the next year. I think all of our listeners know about ISIS. We've talked about what's going on in Iraq and Syria. Um, Voice of the Martyrs, though, we are using a little broader term. We're using the term Christians facing Islamic extremism, and you've used that term even in our conversation today. Why does VOM want to broaden the focus and make sure people understand, sure, ISIS is persecuting Christians, but there's other places, and you've talked about some of them, Boko Haram and others. Mm-hmm. Why are we using that term? We really want to take people past the normal, regular things they're hearing in the nightly news, on the nightly news, because you're only hearing part of the story. So when you hear about ISIS, you're only hearing about the devastation, the geopolitical challenges. You're not hearing what God's doing in the midst of that. But then you're not hearing about the other situations of Islamic radicals who are Um, opposing Christians just as strongly as ISIS does in other places. So, for instance, when's the last time that anyone has spoken in, you know, the large American media about al-Shabaab in Somalia and then attacking Christians into Kenya? Or al-Qaeda, which is still very active in some parts of the world and is presently opposing Christians violently in North Africa and the Arabian Peninsula. Also Boko Haram, you know, Boko Haram entered Americans' consciousness at a point and came out rather quickly, and I still think most people don't really understand what Boko Haram is all about. So we have new resources here that uh, one in particular called Christians Facing Islamic Extremists. It's a fold-out resource that takes people to the nine most important hotspots and uh, most important Islamic radical groups that are persecutors today so people can get a sense of the situation. But even more importantly than that, in our monthly newsletter is story after story of individual Christian brother or sister and their particular story and how God's moving in their life and what God's doing in these places. And it's important to enter into that fellowship with the body of Christ and not just limit ourselves to what 
shows up on the uh, cable news channel. And one of the things for people to understand is that, you know, everyone's familiar with ISIS. Some of these groups actually have connected themselves to ISIS. I think of Boko Haram. Mm -hmm. Boko Haram last year pledged allegiance Mm -hmm. to ISIS, which is a a very Islamic thing. It's a part of their teaching that, hey, there's a caliphate. They control physical territory. Their leader is a descendant of Muhammad. Therefore, we pledge allegiance to them. We will fight on their behalf. And there are multiple groups— uh, so when we talk about persecution and we talk about ISIS, there are some links here. And uh, I know they're concerning from a political government perspective, but they're also concerning from a Christian persecution perspective, too, uh, because we've seen <laughs> we've seen what ISIS does to Christians. Yeah. If Boko Haram says, well, hey, we're inspired by what you've done, we want to do even more, uh, that really, for our Christian brothers and sisters, presents a challenge. It does. And... The wonderful thing that we learn from close relationship with them, and then uh, American Christians can learn through our media when we're telling their stories, is that they're facing this challenge, which is every bit as bad as you think it is or that people see it is on the news. It is that bad. However, our brothers and sisters in Christ, regular Christians like us in this tremendous situation, look that in the eye and they say, you know what, we're ready to die. We're ready to die for Christ. We're ready to die to be faithful to him, to stand true uh, to him and to his word and to his purposes. And so the inspiration we receive as American Christians from observing this happening and being part of those stories and being inspired by those stories is really tremendous. And, and I, wanna, I want you to talk a little more about that because there, we see, like you say, on the evening news, it is bad. Everything is bad. It's terrible. You could watch the evening news and get horribly depressed. We, though— through our contacts in these countries, we see the good news. We see, hey, look, yeah, there's all this bad stuff, but look what God is doing. Share a little bit about some of the good news that's happening behind the scenes in some of these places where Christians face Islamic extremism. Yeah, I I met recently with an Iraqi refugee who was a doctor and still is a doctor, but he lost his practice, his clinic, the building, everything. He's a refugee now. His testimony is that he was a nominal Christian before he was driven out by ISIS. And the fact that he lost his business and all the busyness of his life meant that he got in touch with Christ and had now has a thriving relationship with Christ. And he's actively serving refugees alongside us now, other refugees. But his testimony is that he's actually thankful that he lost everything that he had in this world because what he found in relationship with Christ as a result of losing everything he owned in this world was worth it to him. Wow. And this wasn't a put on. I mean, you can, right. you know, when, when I'm talking to him, you can feel that this is true. And, and that's not an entirely unique story. And so the devastation is real and it's palpable. I mean, it's, it's tremendous. When people have lost a daughter or a wife to ISIS and they hope that she's dead because if she's not dead, she's certainly a sex slave. And that's, this is real. It's that real. So the, the situations the Christians are facing are as bad as situations could possibly be. And yet you see joy, you see eternal hope, eternal perspective in their lives. And it's real, a really powerful testimony to everything about the gospel and about our faith being true and being tangibly real when you can see it in their lives at this level. 
And one of the other pieces of good news that we see is Muslims yes. responding to go. that example. They see these Christians yeah. who have lost everything and yet have a smile on their face and and want to talk about the Lord. What's the impact of that on on Muslims? We never want to presume to know exactly what God is doing with situations, especially very difficult situations, or to blame God for everything that, that's wrong in the world. However, it's obvious that he's doing something in the midst of all this turmoil in the Middle East, and what he's definitely doing right now is that Muslims are coming to Christ as never before. Moderate Muslims who are driven out by the radicals, and even Muslims who are fighting with other Muslims in infighting and factions that exist between the, the radical groups, all of that activity is shaming Islam and is driving many Muslims to question what they've been told, what they've been taught. At that point, they become truth seekers, and the Lord is allowing them to uh, find the gospel and to come to faith. And so, you know, if you talk to any missions organization, including us, who's working in frontier Muslim areas, they'll say the same thing, that today Muslims are coming to Christ as never before, and it's in the midst of and even because of these situations. So these situations that look so terrible and are terrible from a temporal perspective, there's eternal fruit coming out of that every day. And that's the kind of thing that you have to hear from your brothers and sisters in Christ to give God glory in the midst of the devastation. Because, as we've said, if you just tune into the nightly news, you'll only hear about the devastation part. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph and, uh, you know, what you intended for evil, God yes, intended for that's good. Right. What ISIS intends for evil, God has a plan to yeah. turn it out for good. What Boko Haram intends for evil, uh, we can really say that and pray that. Uh, over all of these situations. Yeah, we, we have to remember that God is greater than any circumstance. So as we watch our brothers and sisters face the worst circumstances, God is still greater than those circumstances, and he will be glorified, and his will will come to pass. Amen. We're speaking again today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Cole Richards. He's the executive vice president here at the Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, and Cole, I want to talk now about our ministry to the American church. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk often about our ministry to persecuted Christians. We also have a vital and important ministry to the American church. And uh, one of the things you, you've mentioned briefly is the IMN campaign. Yeah. Tell us a little more about that. What does it mean? What does IMN mean? And what do we hope that Christians will take out of this effort? The N refers to the Arabic letter N that was spray-painted on the walls of homes and churches in Mosul, Iraq. That was done as a warning to Christians that they were going to lose their property, radical Muslims were going to take everything, and the Christians really just had to flee or convert to Islam or be killed or be put under really subjugation and heavy taxation status. And so in that one episode, and there have been many of those episodes, more than 100,000 Christians lost everything. And they were marked or tagged with this Arabic N. That comes from the Arabic word, word Nasara, which is the word used in the Quran to refer to Christians. And the word Nasara is Nazarene. So Christians were identified in the Quran in Arabic as you know, the followers of the Nazarene or Nazarenes. And so that's where that comes from. But that symbol, the Arabic letter N, being placed upon the Christians as a way to persecute them has become symbolic of their situation, and it's, it's symbolic of their 
desire and willingness to stand for Christ at the ultimate cost, because this was literally they had a choice. They could have disowned Christ. They could have become Muslim and kept their home, kept their business, kept their future, but yet they decided, they made the very specific choice to lose everything instead. So what we're saying is that if our brothers and sisters in places like Iraq and Syria, if our brothers and sisters in places like Nigeria, North Africa, and and many other places as well, are willing to make that kind of commitment for Christ, if they're not afraid to lose everything they have in this world for Christ's sake and embrace the eternal reality, then we want to be like that too. We want to say, look, our brothers and sisters, we're not willing for them to suffer in silence. We're going to know their story. We're going to care. We're going to pray about that. We're going to share that with others. And then we're also unwilling to let them serve alone. If they're going to serve the Lord in the midst of this great difficulty and in this very special hour when Muslims are coming to Christ as never before, we are going to join with them in that any way we can. So that's what the IMN campaign is about, is that we want to stand with them as one body of Christ. And there's such a blessing and such a richness of entering into that, into God's purposes and into that relationship. And I know the IMN, we're asking people to respond, but there are some some tools for them. Uh, there's a book. There's a, a small group curriculum. There's uh, what we're calling Exile Nights, which mm. are student events. Talk a little bit about some of those and, and what we'd like people to do as they as they get a hold of these concepts of how they're connecting with our brothers and sisters in Islamic nations. Our main method of communicating the inspiring stories and other information about our persecuted family is our monthly newsletter, which is a 12 to 16 page full color magazine of, of this kind of content, which is a free subscription. Um, so I always encourage people to do that, but also look ahead to March when we will have a book out. And the book includes 48 stories from Christians who have had profound experiences at the hands of radical Muslims, profoundly damaging experiences in the uh, temporal sense and profoundly inspirational uh, situations where God has moved in their lives. And these 48 stories are from several different countries that span where Christians are persecuted in the Muslim world. And they're organized into six themes. And these themes are specific ways that we as American Christians can learn and grow in our faith from what we're experiencing in their lives. Things that you might expect like sacrifice uh, and forgiveness. But there, there are themes in there you might not expect, especially joy. Something we see is that they have supernatural joy in the midst of their suffering. And we as American Christians can enter into a new, lo- a new level of joy in our lives by seeing that and by understanding that that's available to us um, in our relationship with Christ despite our circumstances. Why do you think this is such a key time for this in the American church? I, I know, you know, there are American Christians that look at our country and they look at the Supreme Court and they look at the presidential race and they say, oh man, you know, it's bad. Things, things are going bad here. Uh, you know, maybe we want to build a bunker and get inside and, and kind of hunker down because things are really going to get worse. Why does this I Am In campaign speak directly into mm. that mindset and into our church at this particular time? It, it's incredibly relevant to us. We all have a sense that it's harder to be a Christian witness in, in the U.S., or at least that we will pay a price for being a Christian witness. It's not 
easy to share our faith. It's not easy to influence and to uh, uh, to share truth and to lead people to Christ or even to live an overtly Christian lifestyle all the time in the U.S. As we experience that as a reality here, we have so much to learn from our persecuted brothers and sisters who have experienced that kind of opposition at the very highest level their whole lives. We have brother, precious brothers and sisters in Christ who are born in places like Iran where they've never had a minute of freedom of religion, freedom of speech in their whole lives, and yet they stand for Christ. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who, as I mentioned earlier, willingly gave everything for him. Uh, so as we pay more and more of a price for Christ in the U.S. as Christians, or as we're tempted not to, as we're tempted to back off you know, or, or be quiet or, or do other things that would cause us to be disobedient to Christ, we need to be ex- inspired by the examples of people who are brothers and sisters who have paid the ultimate price, willingly, gladly, joyfully paid the ultimate price. What are some of the qualities, and you've talked a little bit, you talked about faithfulness and forgiveness and joy, but for you personally, when, when you sit down with these Christians yeah. who have faced these challenges, what's the quality that, that most convicts you or you most say, mm. man, I want to have that quality right. in my own faith walk, in my, uh, you know, in my family and walking with Christ here in Oklahoma, I want to have more of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very unique individual in the sense that I've now spent about 10 years meeting first person with severely persecuted Christians in more than 40 countries, over and over again. That's what I've done. And the thing that sticks out to me more than everything else, there's so many things, but the thing that most sticks out to me is the simplicity of their obedience. Christ said, share the gospel, and they do that, period. <laughs> um, in the, they, they don't wait until they have the right program or they don't wait until they have the right training. They just simply do it. And it's amazing what God does with that. A lot of these people don't know half as much knowledge about the Scripture as any American evangelical. Many of them don't even have a whole or, Bible. Or don't even own. have their own Bible. You know, <laughs> so, so based on limited information about the faith, but based on tremendous personal commitment and devotion to Christ and to what he said, they just do it. They're just obedient. And we ask them these what ends up being a silly question, we don't expect it to be, but it always ends up being a silly question. We ask them, well, wow, in face of such obstacles or challenges, how could you witness for Christ? And they look back at us over and over again with a simple, you know, with this tremendous simplicity, and they just say, well, silly, because Christ told us to. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't the Bible say we're supposed yeah. to do that? No. Yeah. I, I thought you knew your Bible, Cole. It says <laughs> you're supposed to do it. Christ said this. And and so I'm always challenged by that. We're in America. It really is true that me included. All of us are looking for a reason not to. Where our brothers and sisters in these places profoundly are just doing it, and, and paying the price along the way, and not even necessarily calculating the price, because Christ didn't say be obedient unless it costs you something. Christ said up front, it's going to cost you. Be obedient, and they just do that. It, it's it's really tremendous. We've been speaking today with Cole Richards. He's the executive vice president of the Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, Cole, thanks for sharing with us. And uh, I just, as I like I say, as I look back on the last year, I'm kind of blown away by all that God has done. Uh, and it makes me really excited about this coming year because 
uh, he's Amen. got even more in store for us. God is good. Thank you, Todd. Like I said, I've been blown away by what God's been doing and the privilege that we have to share these stories every single week on VOM Radio. You can listen to the archives and hear some of those stories on vomradio.net. You won't want to miss next week's program. We're going to hear from Bob Fu, who was imprisoned for his faith in China. Before that experience, he often prayed that believers in Jesus would be kept out of prison. But he tells us that after being in jail himself, the focus of his prayer has changed. He's going to tell us why next week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.